Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. Good to have you with us here for our Congregation at Prayer. I was uh, working yesterday to plan out the schedule that will start next week uh, through next August. Uh, it took me all day. And uh, so next week we'll be actually jumping into First Kings um, and working through First Kings until Christmas time. And then we'll be in the gospel according to St. Luke for the uh, festival half um, into the summer. We're going to actually hear, read through quite a few prophets next summer. So yeah, uh, it's good to get through it all. So, let's get our devotion up on the screen and begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse for this week. If we, or if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10 verse 9. Let's do it again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10 verse 9. Our psalm this week is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today is from Jeremiah 16 and 17. And it shall be, when you show this people all these words, and they say to you, Why has the Lord pronounced all this great disaster against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then you shall say to them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord. They have walked after other gods and have served them and worshipped them, and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And you have done worse than your fathers, for behold, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart, so that no one listens to me. Therefore I will cast you out of this land, into a land that you do not know, neither you nor your fathers. 
and there you shall serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord lives who brought you up, or who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, and from the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. All right, so both chapters 16 and 17, you see um, the same thing we talked about yesterday, um, what uh, CFW Walther calls the proper distinction of law and gospel. Right, so first is an accusation of sin, of wrongdoing, forsaking the Lord, walking up there after four false gods and following after their false word, right? And God will give us over to the dictates of our heart, right? But, but the days are coming, declares the Lord, that it shall no more be said, but the Lord will deliver you, right, from your wickedness. Or, as you see in chapter 17 here, there we go. Um, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. So you have that compared to those who trust in man, whose flesh is in his, or who trusts in the flesh for strength. And I think that's an important lesson to be learned um, as we see, especially uh, around us right now, um, many, um, many of our mortal fellow mortals, <laughs> our fellow humans, um, have demonstrated themselves as not trustworthy. Um, and, and arguably, they were never trustworthy. Uh, we as Christians have a, I, I would call it a low anthropology, a low view of man. That isn't to say that we go around distrusting everyone, but we rely upon reason, evidence, um, documentation, um, and sense, what we can observe. Uh, we cannot rely upon um, the word of man. So anybody who says, just take me at my word, um, don't trust them. Just trust me. No, I'm not going to just trust you, right? Make the case, right? Right. And I, it, maybe they've established a trusting relationship with you, but I would still say push back. And that includes pastors, especially. Pastor, where is it written? I hear what you're saying, but where is that written? Where is that in the scriptures? All right. And then our reading for catechesis. Uh, familiar reading, is from Mark chapter 7. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. 
Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out, and her daughter lying on the bed. I think when we hear this reading in our lectionary, uh, it's usually from Luke, and it's a little bit longer, um, but the the abbreviated uh, version here from Mark uh, also has some uniqueness to it, so we'll look at that. Before we do that, I don't know if you caught this in the picture at the begin at the beginning, but you have um, you have her there crying out after Jesus, right? And the disciples are crying out after him too, right next to them, right? But look at the little dogs playing um, at Jesus' feet. I think that's just a beautiful setting, right? To indicate what's going on there. All right, so what region did Jesus go to, according to verse 24? All right, this is quite a journey from uh, Galilee, where he was before, to Tyre and Sidon. These are notable cities. Um, I'll give you an example from uh, 1 Kings. Maybe you remember who's from Tyre and Sidon. We've talked about this before. What notorious figure was from Tyre, or from Sidon? Her father was the king of Sidon, Sidonia. Well, here we go from 1 Kings 16. It came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he, Ahab, took the wife, his, as his wife, Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, the king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria, and Ahab made a wooden image. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. All right. So uh, both these cities, Tyre and Sidon, these are coastal cities on the Mediterranean, um, north of, of um, Galilee. Um, both of these had been enemies of Israel often, uh, and then of course Jezebel being the mon- most notorious daughter of Sidon. Uh, what does Jesus try to do? <laughs> I love this in verse 24. Yeah, this is unique to Mark, uh, that he went into the house, he tried to hide there, um, but he, Jesus could not be hidden. Uh, hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Uh, who else had hidden in a house in the region of Tyre and Sidon? Same narrative, First uh, Kings 16, but it's actually just right in the next chapter, First Kings 17. Um, the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarephath. Right? Now, if you remember, Zarephath belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. And this is as he's fleeing um, Ahab, because Ahab is seeking his life. Right? So we have Elijah. So Jesus being Elijah who is to come, just like John. Um, who heard about Jesus? Yeah, a young woman. Uh, whose daughter had an unclean spirit, right? Note here that Mark uniquely records that she was a Greek, uh, of course, Syrophoenician by birth. What did she keep asking Jesus? Persistent. This is the persistent woman, right? Well, actually, the widow is persistent too, but here the woman is persistent to cast the demon out of her daughter. All right, um, and here we skip all of the resistance stuff that we have in Luke, right? And it's just abbreviated. Jesus' response is, let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little 
dogs. Okay, so who are the children that he's referring to here? Remember, he's talking to a Greek Syrophoenician woman, right? So that would be the sons of Israel. Um, and notice this is kunarion. I know the Greek, <laughs> which means little dogs or house pets, right? These are just the pets who simply begged for food, right? Feed me to their owners. Right? So, uh, yes, it's a diminutive, maybe a little bit insulting expression, but notice they're not cast out of the house, right? And what does she then confess? What's her faith? Yes, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Now, this is re uh, related to the previous conversation. So, again, context always matters. Sometimes when we, even doing these continuous reasons, we lose readings, I should say, we lose sight of um, the context. Back earlier in the chapter, remember, um, and we just heard this yesterday, that the Pharisees and some of the scribes were, um, were what, upset? Yes, upset that the disciples were eating bread with unwashed hands, right? They found fault in them. Um, they weren't doing the ritual washing. Right? They were concerned with outward eating with clean hands. Um, but what did they actually miss here? We didn't talk about this yesterday. They missed the whole point that they were eating bread with Jesus. And this woman gets it. Yes, even the crumbs are good. Right? She believed that even the least bit of Jesus' mercy, his bread, uh, would give life for her and for her daughter. How did Jesus uh, rid her daughter of the demon? We've talked about this frequently here in Mark already by a word, right? The word from um, the creator, Jesus, being the word that God's, God the Father spoke to make all things is here speaking and casting out the demon. Yeah, we did clean the couches. The kids asked about cleaning the couches yesterday, the ritual washing of the couches. Probably some kind of sprinkling. Um, these would in, these aren't uh, like sofa lounges like we would think, but uh, uh, the pillows that they would lean upon when they would recline at the table, right? Think of, uh, oh, the famous images of, uh, you know, the kings or the Greeks, right? Where they have their arm on their pillow, but they're, they're on the ground with the short tables. There's a little joke about that in, uh, I remember this distinctly from Mel, Mel Gibson's uh, Passion movie, where Jesus is making a chair and Mary asks some question about, like, what's that for? And he said, I don't remember what he said, something like, you'll see. Uh, it was kind of a funny little thing. The movie's quite serious, but that, that part was pretty, pretty amusing, right? What happened when the uh, woman returned home? She found that the demon had gone out, right? And her daughter was lying on the bed. Good. All right, so hopefully you see the connection um, back to uh, 1 Kings 16 and 17. I will help you here with the uh, summary. Much like Elijah, Jesus is received by some Canaanites. While the Pharisees had been worried about eating bread with unwashed hands, the woman begs for a few crumbs. Like the widow of Zarephath, she places her trust in the gift of life that only Jesus can give. She will not be silent even when he compares her to a little dog begging by the table. This is the way of the church on earth. Each week we gather around Christ and his altar to receive the gift of life from him. All we ask is that a few crumbs fall from his table. But he invites us to join him at the table and to eat the bread of life. 
Like the flour that was not used up in the widow's home, the Holy Supper is not taken away, but continues to be spread before us that we may taste and see that the Lord indeed is good. All right, let's confess. Yeah, dogs under the couches. That's right, dogs under the table. Um, the people reclining on the couches. I, I imagine, uh, if that's a visual image, you know, that you would, you're eating your bread, you're leaning against, and the crumbs just fall right, right at your lap or on the floor, and the dogs would be there eating them. That's what I know our dog does. Sits right under, the, or he sits right under the table. Yeah. Sometimes the kids feed him. Uh, yes, that's right. The little ones do that. They'll take food that they don't want and give it to the dog. <laughs> Let's confess our catechism for this week. The Lord's Prayer introduction. Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. Just like the Syrophoenician woman, right? We pray. Heavenly Father, in holy baptism, we became your dear children and you became our dear father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and for Jesus' sake have made us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, and for making us joint heirs with your Son of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us, and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, and the joy of of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray for deliverance against temptation and evil for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving today with Dan, who celebrates his birthday, with Russ and Amy, who celebrate their anniversary. We pray for all the households of our church, especially this week, Julie, Courtney, Don and Karen, Joe, Martin and Tara, Jan and Donna. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Angie, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kathy, our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church and for the mercy work of this world, especially Safe Harbor. And we intercede for the gift and increase of patience among us. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises, and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And as we did yesterday, I think uh, we ought to continue to pray uh, for those um, whom our the regime has left in, um, or left stranded in authority, excuse me, in Afghanistan, those in authority. Uh, more could be say, said there. Lord of heaven and earth, the children of this world often refer to Afghanistan as the graveyard of empires. You know it as another corner of this world that you made and redeemed in the blood of your son. No place on this earth is beyond your care and concern. In all the recent chaos, 
brought on by the devastatingly poor decisions made by U.S. leadership, you alone can bring hope. Enable U.S. and allied forces to rescue and evacuate our people from the clutches of the terrorists, including all those Afghans who worked alongside U.S. forces and trusted that America would help them secure a better future for their people, especially their women and children. Comfort the families of those who lost loved ones serving in Afghanistan, fighting for our safety and a better society for all. Give them the certainty that their lives and sacrifices had meaning before your throne of grace. Preserve and protect your Christian people in Afghanistan who face the prospect of certain persecution and even death at the hands of their Taliban warlords. We are bold to pray, even for what seems impossible to our eyes, the softening of Taliban hearts, so that they would repent of their false god and believe in the free gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is a feast day, actually, uh, and you can learn more about today's feast day if you listen to the Christian History Almanac, which I produce uh, for 1517, so that's at 1517.org. Um, quite a bit about St. Bartholomew there. I'll share a little bit with you here, too. St. Bartholomew, or Nathaniel as he's called in St. John's Gospel, was one of the first of Jesus' twelve disciples. His home was in the town of Cana in Galilee, John 21-2, where Jesus performed his first miracle. He was invited to become one of the twelve by Philip, who told him that they had found the Messiah in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, John 1-45. Bartholomew's initial hesitation to believe because of Jesus' Jesus's Nazareth background was quickly replaced by a clear, unequivocal declaration of faith. You are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. John 1.49. He was present with the other disciples, John 21, when they were privileged to see and converse and eat with their risen Lord and Savior. According to some early church fathers, Bartholomew brought the gospel to Armenia, where he was martyred by being flayed alive. And like I said, you can hear more about that um, from Dr. Voorhees in On the Christian History Almanac. Let's pray. Almighty God, your Son, Jesus Christ, chose Bartholomew to be an apostle to preach the blessed gospel. Grant that your church may love what he believed and preach what he taught. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray the prayer our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our hymn for this week, The Gifts Christ Freely Gives.
as Christ freely gives, he gives to you and me. To be his church, his bride, his chosen saint, and free. Saints blessed with these rich gifts, our children who by Christ and cling to his strong name. The gifts flow from the font where he calls us his own. New life he gives that makes us his that is all where he forgives our sins with water and his word. The triune God himself gives power to call him Lord. The gifts of grace and peace from absolution flow. The pastor's words are Christ for us to trust and know forgiveness that we need is granted to us there. The Lord of mercy sends us forth in his blessed hand. Our gifts are there each day. words that give them life, restoring and refreshing them for this world's strife. The gifts are in the feast, gifts far more than we see. Beneath the bread and wine is food from presence in his peace renewed again. O glory to the one who lavishes such love, the triune God, the light of life above, his means of grace for all. Good to have you with us all here today for our congregation prayer. See Gus and Eileen, Don and Karen, Grace, Michael, Karen, and Chris. Good to have you all checking in uh, and listening and praying.
praying together with us. Um, let's see. Yeah, time to go by a little bit quick. Oh, there's a question in the YouTube chat, which says, what is um, Safe Harbor? Safe Harbor is a local uh, women's shelter and refuge. Uh, it's in Sheboygan. And uh, yeah, if you're not a regular attender to our church, not a member, um, you maybe have not seen this, but it's been in our bulletins um, each week. And I'm just looking for the uh, the announcement here. In the, announce, in the announcement insert, it says, <laughs> I put this in there a while ago, so I don't have it by memory. I can tell you more. Hold on, it's opening, I think. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, so each month we have a, a mission of the month that our stewardship committee um, appoints and chooses. We kind of cycle through the same ones. We like to support the same people each year. Um, let's see here. Mission of the month is Safe Harbor. Safe Harbor provides services to reach out to those affected by sexual assault and domestic abuse, provide support to those in crisis, and to educate individuals, families, and community with the tools needed to empower them to live lives free of domestic abuse and sexual assault. All right. Um, and I'll put the link, actually, to uh, donate uh, right in the chat there, so you can support them uh, with a gift, support our neighbors in need and physical need, right? And so it's not specifically um, a church mission, but it is uh, an important mercy work that our community provides, much like we support um, the local food pantry, which is not exclusively churches that that uh, run that food food pantry, right? Um, it's actually, I think it's our, a couple of the towns in the, in our, and the villages, Adel and Random Lake, as well as churches. All right. So Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. Um, I can continue to pray for those, uh, who have been stranded in Afghanistan, that they can be extracted and brought to safety. Um, pray for our country, of course, always, especially as we see, um, I think what it, what could rightly call authoritarianism arise around us um, rather than freedom, freedom rooted in the freedom that God gives us in Christ um, and as his creatures. So I pray for that too. All right. So we'll see you again tomorrow.